Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 190 of The Yacking Show. That's right, we're getting close to that 200. And this is the show that connects people ideas for you to explore new opportunities so that you can get ahead in business and life and gives you some ideas for navigating the changing world we're living in and surviving in that changing world. And it's certainly changing. We always have interesting guests for you, but it's not my job to introduce guests because my co-host, Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, does it a lot better than I do. My first job then is to welcome Kathleen back to the show. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter, and thank you for that. And thank you also very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate you, and we love reading your comments, so please keep those coming. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. We would love to hear from you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. Her name is Linda Pollock. Hello, Linda. How are you today? I'm terrific. Thank you. How are you both doing? Wonderful. Good, thank, thank you. you. Good. So, Linda, you are the founder and CEO of Setting the Stage. Uh, you work with seniors and individuals with disabilities to modify their homes to remain there much safer. And we'll get into that in more detail in just a little bit. But first, can you tell us about your background and how you transitioned from being a home stager to helping people live and age in their homes? Absolutely. So I grew up in the real estate management and construction. Uh, you know, so my father was a builder out in Long Island. And I worked for him, you know, through high school, college. And um, after college, I went to work for a small real estate management company in the city and did a lot of remodeling through them and then went on to work for an international developer in Manhattan, renovating apartment buildings so they could go condo. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, I actually opened my first company in Manhattan, uh, which was quite interesting. It was a uh, what they would now pretty much call a move management. So I used to renovate uh, apartments and organize and get everything ready. So the day of the move, the uh, apartment owners would leave for the day and come home to their new apartment and it would be all set up. So, yeah. yes, it, was, it was quite interesting. Um, and then I've been in the construction real estate management you know, industries since. I took a 10-year hiatus to raise my children and then wanted to go back to work and did so part-time, and while I did that, I became a certified home stager, but not with the intentions to do so much the home staging, but to get to know and build relationships with homeowners mm -hmm. so I could help them get their homes sold, and then when they moved, they would be comfortable enough to use me to actually renovate their current homes. So I've been doing you know, that type of stuff. I own a home maintenance and management company here in New Jersey. Uh, that's, I've had that for 11 years, but same the stage I started 18 years ago and I've been working with it, but last year I felt a tremendous pull towards really gearing what I would like, uh, to see seniors, individuals with, with disabilities being able to remain in their homes safely. Uh, my clients through the maintenance company started aging and they needed some of the modifications. And through my own obstinate mother, I had to sneak some of the modifications into her apartment as well. Um, so it's been quite interesting and I really love it. Mm, wow, certainly got the background there. That is for sure, yeah, on, from all angles. From yes. <clears throat> Wow, very good. So 
when should people start the process of looking at, as you call it, aging in place? It really depends on the person. It's a very individual thing. Uh, it depends on their health uh, and their mindset. You know, for some people, they could be in their 50s and start having difficulties. You know, it could be, you know, just minor things. I mean, I'm not quite 60 yet, almost, but I have started making modifications to my own home, make things easier for myself. Um, so it really depends on their health and, you know, how they get around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things I look at when I do the home assessment. I look at, I have them navigate me through the house so I can see how their movements are. And uh, so it really depends on everybody's very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's some, something <clears throat> I personally found very tricky having elderly parents. If you're trying to help your parents, what are the best ways to approach the conversation about modifying their homes or gosh, it could be dicey. Maybe they're not, maybe they're in denial. They're not even ready to make these changes. How do you approach that? Or possibly even if they're in need to move to a long-term care facility, hopefully not. Hopefully this is what you do. You want to keep them in their homes, but how do you even begin that conversation? It's a very tough conversation. I haven't been through that myself uh, with my mother. Uh, luckily, I'm one of four kids, so we kind of share the burden of uh, dealing with that. But uh, my feeling is it has to be a positive approach. Mm-hmm. You you really can't be negative about, mom, you can't do this, mom, you can't do that. But more in a positive approach of that you want them to be safe. You're concerned about them and their well-being and that you see that things might be a little bit, you know, more difficult for them to navigate Mm -hmm. and that you really are concerned and you love them and make it a positive way to bring up the subject. That that's good advice Mm -hmm. because I remember having this conversation with my parents. My, my dad has since passed, but it, it, they felt like I was trying to bully them Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel that that's, the approach that I was taking at all. I was just trying, merely trying to point out that they needed help, especially in, in say the bathroom. Um, but it's, it's, you know, that's how they interpreted it. Yeah. It's, it's a very touchy subject, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of the, uh, I like to call them the sandwich generation, the children of the elderly, they are wiser to bring someone like myself or, you know, if they're not in this area, another, you know, um, professional in because the conversation is very different when it's coming from someone else and when it's coming from your own children mm-hmm. oh it's yeah not, it's not as personal they don't feel bullied mm-hmm. uh, and i take a different approach from it because i'm not their child i can be you know i can talk to them in a different way than their own children can i had this problem dealing with my mother with having a car uh, it, it's a very tough conversation and i end up being the bad guy but you know what? For her safety and more importantly for the safety of anyone on the streets walking or in a car, it was imperative that she not be allowed to drive. Yeah. So it's it's touchy. Really? Yeah, it, it truly is. Peter? Well, I I know because two boys uh, who are in their mid to late 40s, and I know my reaction if either one of them was to say to me, Dad, you know, we think uh, – you should not drive. I, I know exactly what my reaction will be. 
Fortunately, I'm at the stage when I can still advise my older son who lives not far away how to fix his chainsaw and how to use his chainsaw. So I think that'll be the barometer. When I, when he's better at it than I am, then it'll be time to start taking it easy. Anyway, um, what I was going to ask you was, we've had this pandemic for two, two and a half years now. Did your research during that period uncover a greater need for people to help people age in place than might previously have been the case? Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, having a, had a lot of time to be, you know, reading articles and watching the news and everything else, I saw so many people desperate for help. Hmm. I, and it really was heartbreaking to watch the stories that people were, you know, posting. And uh, it brought a renewed, you know, desire for me to, you know, help them. Um, and because of that, I not only, I've been an aging, a certified aging place specialist for nine years. Uh, when I started watching and becoming part of all these webinars and everything during that time, I met a gentleman online who actually was one of the co-owners of the Living in Place Institute. Uh, and just listening to him and hearing about all the things and ways to help everybody, I actually last year got my certification Living in Place. Mm-hmm. Um, so this way I can help a broader range of individuals. Uh, and it's they are so in need. I, I can't even tell you. It's very sad to see how many people struggle with just navigating around their own home. Mm-hmm. And they truly want to stay there. They don't want to go to assisted living or anywhere else. They want to be in the home that they've been in for 30, 40, 50 years. And they're comfortable there. So it's, you know, it really helps having somebody be able to work with. Sure. And, and I, I think that even brought that 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 was top of mind. I know here in this region, I don't know about New Jersey, but at the height of the pandemic, people in long-term care facilities, we were denied access right. to our family members. Completely, you know, that's, that, that was absolutely devastating and crushing. And so what happened was some people decided, okay, that's it. Taking mom and dad back home. Right. We'll manage somehow. We'll figure it out. We'll manage. But that's, mm-hmm. that's what ended up happening to, for some people. But as a result, now more and more elderly are now saying, I don't ever want to go there. I, I want to stay in my home as long as I possibly can. Oh, absolutely. I can't blame them. I would like to stay in my own home as long as possible, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are, in your opinion, what are the first rooms in a home that should be considered for modification? Well, the first thing is I always look at the entry into the house. How is this person getting in and out of their house? Um, I do a lot of presentations, and I do one specifically on aging in place. Uh, And what I do is I show them slides of what some homes look like versus what they should look like. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll go to some homes, and there's no handrails. Okay, so somebody who's trying to navigate up their stairs has nothing to hold on to that's safe. Um, so that's the first thing I always look at is how they're entering their home and how safe it is. Uh, kitchens, bathrooms, stairways mm-hmm. are, are really the first three things inside the home I look at. And then I look at the lighting because, you know, when it gets dark, how bright is it in the house? They can really see to go up the stairs safely. Um, are there handrails to go up and handrails should actually be on both sides. You know, they don't, the state doesn't require handrails on both sides. But for the safety of people, they really should have handrails on both sides. Um, So those are the first rooms we look at. 
And I think that, you know, that's the first course of action. If I'm going to a house and they have a very small budget, those are things I look at first to help them with. Out of curiosity, I know it's it's maybe obvious for some people in terms of how to modify a bathroom, especially where the bathtub is with handrails. Um, but how would you modify, I'm curious, how would you modify a kitchen? It depends on the needs. Uh, they might have, you know, the, you know, for some people as they're getting older, it's very hard to lift heavy pots. Okay. Uh, we have them in cabinets that don't have pull-out shelves. Uh, they could have a sink that doesn't have a faucet that's very easy to use. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have a stove that has the buttons for, you know, the, for the range in the back where they should really be in the front. Uh, it could be the type of knob that's on the cabinets, you know, especially if they have arthritis. Sometimes it's very mm-hmm. hard to grab onto certain knobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different things. Lighting is, is especially important for mm-hmm. seniors and, you know, because of the glare. Right. That could be, uh, you know, there's a lot of little things that need to be dealt with and looked at. So that was the things that, you know, and I work off of a checklist right. that, uh, you know, because I want to make sure. And more importantly, I have them show me how they navigate around the house and the kitchen and the bathroom. Okay. Because I need to see how they navigate up a set of stairs. You know, what are they holding on to? Um, the same thing with the kitchens and bathrooms. Can they get on and off the toilet easily? Do they have a towel bar in the bathroom that's not uh, secure? That mm. if they go to fall, they're grabbing on a towel bar and it might rip out of the wall and then they fall and crack their head open. That's a very common one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we replace a lot of these you know, accessories with the proper ones, with the proper anchors, so that if they should take a fall, they can grab on, they are safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just never know. I mean, little things can happen. Mm-hmm. Just <clears throat> picking up on that one, um, do you also get into um, panic buttons, installing buttons and alarms uh, for people who do fall, or do you leave that one to a different type of service provider? Um, I actually work with a lot of different uh, technology companies, so it really depends on the circumstances of, of who's living in the home, mm-hmm. uh, where their children are located. Uh, I'm very big on the uh, smart technology. To me, that's a, a very important part of you know addressing aging in place. So the you know the smart technology is getting so advanced now that it's you know you, I have to keep up with it all the time. I'm actually going to a convention in Dallas at the end of September um, to learn more about what's available, what's become available. But um, you know they have these they have sensors so that if somebody mm-hmm. should fall. Uh, it'll alert the company who then alerts the family member. Yeah. Um, yep. There are other things like there's one that does um, it's a video chat, but it also has like an agenda on it. So it comes pre-programmed by the company and uh, it puts in the children can through an app can put appointments in the calendar. And then it reminds the parents they have a doctor's wow. appointment, they have this. You know, as it's coming up, and then they can video chat with their family who's in another state. So there are so many wonderful devices that are out there now. Wow! Um, yeah. yeah, good, good so. stuff. What, what I wanted to ask you was that, let's say you've got a, a situation where a person or a couple are quite capable of looking after themselves in a small place, but they currently live in a fairly big residence, and for perhaps financial and practical reasons. Um, they need to move to a smaller place and maybe even a different part of a cheaper part of the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
and I'm thinking particularly of two things. In fact, I live in the country, so for me to have to move into a small place in the city would be like um, purgatory, right? I, I just I've lived on a farm most of my life, or in, in certainly in rural areas. Uh, so I'm thinking of farm people particularly who can't live on that farm anymore, and maybe don't have kids to take over. And in Canada, you probably have some in the states. Uh, sorry, I'm rambling a bit, but we in Canada we have an, an old mining town that was converted to a seniors' town, Elliot Lake, right? Yes. Um, where all these houses were subsidised to get people to move there. So it's a it's a rambling question, but uh, how do you advise people faced with one of those situations? Well, it really depends. I mean, everybody has different circumstances. Mm-hmm. If they don't have kids near them, and they might want to move closer to their family. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's always a big positive, you know, being near friends and family. So to take somebody out of the country who's got all of their friends and the community they know and love, it's very hard. Yeah. Okay? I can imagine how difficult it would be to take you off a farm and put you in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it, it's easier to move closer to family and friends. Sure. You know, so at least then they have some, you know, socialization. Um, for a lot of seniors, you know, socialization is a huge thing. So having them in a community where they can create a social life uh, for themselves is really nice. I mean, I think about my five-year plan. Where do I want to end up eventually? You know, if I'm not going to stay here, I don't want to be in the cold, you know, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think about, you know, what type of community I would like to be in. And that's, you know, what my plan is for down the road. Whether or not I decide to do it is different. But uh, it will also depend on where my children will be at the time. Sure. You know, so it's a hard it's a hard conversation to have. Uh, but at some point, it kind of needs to be had. And, you know, different choices have to be, you know, given to the person who is having the difficulty staying in their larger home. Right. So, right. so we spoke about some of the advances in technology. Are you noticing that some of the seniors are a little bit more resistant to incorporating that kind of technology into their lives? It depends on whether or not their families are into technology. Mm. Um, I recently worked with a family in the next town. The mother is 94 and she fell and broke her hip. Uh, In her house, there is no internet. Mm. And her son lives outside Massachusetts. Her daughter lives on the other side of New Jersey. Right now she has, you know, live and help, but she wants them out of her house. And I keep saying to the son, you really need to, Put the internet in the house so at least you have some sort of life alert, mm. okay? Because when she fell and broke her hip, she was in her bedroom. The EMS had to break in through her window to get oh, into the yeah. house to let her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's absolutely refusing. She will not allow any internet in the house. So that becomes very difficult. You know, in circumstances like that, I advised him to put a lockbox outside the house with a key to the front door for EMS, Uh, But most of my clients are willing to talk about technology, uh, especially the ones who are being helped by their children. You know, so, you know, technology is become such an important part of our lives, especially through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. A lot of seniors have learned to use technology. So I think that they are more willing to adapt to, you know, using the smart technology, especially if they don't have family in the neighborhood so that the family can kind of keep track of them and help them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just going to 
go on, Peter, and ask, um, yeah, sure. ask Linda about your pro- you have a new program that you've just started and you're very excited about. So tell us all about that. I do. I have a program that I'm starting called Our Virtual Neighborhood, and it is geared towards uh, people 60 plus who are feeling isolated, lonely. Um, they just don't feel like they have a support system. So this program will be a, a weekly uh, virtual meeting where they can come and they can meet new friends. They can be part of the program that we're going to have uh, special speakers come and the topics will be chosen by the members. So that'll be topics mm-hmm. you know, that they want to hear about. I mean, there are some very important topics that seniors really need to learn about. And one of them is scams. How do they you know, protect themselves from being scammed? Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a big topic. And I think that it's very important to keep reiterating that, you know, how careful they have to be. Um, also, you know, I have an elder care attorney who might come and, you know, he'll be part of it to talk about, you know, ways to, you know, prepare yourself with, with your family, wills and all that type, those topics. Um, you know, Medicare. Um, and the different types of you know programs that are out there. So there's a lot of things that can be covered and can be very helpful to them. But we also want to make it fun. So mm-hmm. I have different people that are going to be guests. They're going to do some fun things. And uh, it should be an exciting time. And I really want people to join in so that they can have a place to go weekly to feel as if they're not alone. There is support and there's you know people out there just like them that also want to be part of their lives. Oh, excellent. Mm. I think I'll need to get my mother into this group. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's really important. And um, i just tell you very quickly that I, I belong to a church and we have a coffee hour after church. And a, a woman a little older than me who's been a widow for about eight or ten years uh, found out a bit about my background and it had something in common with her late husband, so she wanted to talk. And we have coffee, not every Sunday, but I suppose over the last couple of months, five or six times, we've had a quick coffee. And she says to me, when I'm, apart from Sunday, I am so lonely, I have nobody to talk to. So thank you for spending time with me, right? And that's why I thought churches would probably be um, a good place to find people who would welcome your your service your over 60s so what i was going to ask you though um linda you you've dealt with a lot of obviously a lot of elderly people and not so old people and and a lot of people in general and now you're dealing mainly with senior people and helping them adjust so from that interaction with so many people is there is there a secret to living a happy and fulfilling life so your your clients if they were to reflect and look back are there some of them that have led a happy life and have passed on to you the secret? You know, I, I've noticed from most of my clients that I see are living a very healthy, happy life. Uh, exercise. Exercise. Socialization is a big part of it. Right. And, and having a very positive attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those are three things that I can see. I can say that I notice in my clients who are, you know, aging very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, and, and some of them travel a lot, but that's because their families live, you know, across the country. Sure. But even if they can't afford to travel, it's just getting outside, getting some fresh air, doing some exercise uh, and socialize. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I took up a few years ago, because I also, you know, live alone, um, I learned to play bridge. Oh, and, yes. And I found through the pandemic that was a savior. I mean, we were playing oh, online. Oh, yeah. And- 
it's it was wonderful. It made me think. I had to really use my brain. And uh, so being able to participate in activities like that is wonderful for, you know, as you're aging. So Right. Very good. No, thank you for that. And that we ask that question or, or a variation on that of most of the successful guests we get on the show. And uh, positive action, uh, positive attitude and uh, exercise comes up quite a bit. Socialization too. Yeah, interesting. Thank you for that. So, Kathleen, back to you. Well, we're, we are running low on time, Linda. So how do people contact you? Uh, they can reach me by telephone. My number is 201-638-4410. Or they can reach me by email. My email is info.settingthestage at gmail.com. Or they can go on my website and reach me through the contact form. My website is www.settingthestagenj.com. Great. And uh, for our audio listeners who can't see the subtitles, all of that, those contact details will be in the description. And Linda, just to go back to your new venture, your over 60s social interaction uh, can they reach that through by phoning you? Or is there a special sign-up for that or special contact? There actually is a email address for it, but if they want to reach me through the email I gave you, that's perfect. Okay. Yes. Um, just so you know, I do offer a free 30-minute telephone consultation. Okay. So they can actually schedule that through my website as well. Uh, and if anybody has any questions about aging in place or living in place, I'm very happy to talk to them, and uh, I look forward to hearing from any of anyone. Excellent, excellent, Thank and I, I think much. it's a really, sorry, a really valuable service. Because, you know, I'm the boomer generation, and uh, there's this bubble gone through. What do they call it? The the deer going through the python, or something. So there's more and more people my age and a little older who have to think about the things that you we've been talking about today. So thank you for that. You're very, very good. Well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Linda. We so appreciate having you. Thank you for having me on. It was great meeting you both. Excellent. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.